Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to my channel, Rahu and Ketu Study Part Twenty Two. We have to reach twenty-seven, so we are almost getting there. Okay, this one. I can't speak about this one without talking about the avatar of Vishnu called Lord Rama, because this is the nakshatra he was born in. Vishnu as the devic shakti coming into the human form everything which comes into the human form in this plane must have play out all these nakshatras including rahu and ketu by the way that's why they become very human in nature which is very misunderstood people try to glorify the deity without understanding the core of the principle which vishnu himself is trying to bring and please please if you want to understand vishnu you have to learn and recite and understand the vishnu sahasranama which has stuck in every almost every one of the major nakshatras are all under his ambit so you have to understand the various forms the various ways in which vishnu the preserver of the universe as per vedic texts comes into form comes as a human being as ordinary as you and me and carries out certain tasks certain duties which is necessary for the evolution of mankind to understand okay without further ado we are talking about rahu in punarvasu nakshatra the nakshatra of lord rama so which is ruled by aditi the mother of gods and what is the theme of punarvasu first you got to understand the theme of punarvasu then we'll come to rahu the theme of punarvasu is winning the second time puna means coming again vasu is light so return of the light all of us face this human challenges where we lose the first time win the second time that is the theme of punarvasu if your majority of planets are points are bunched in this or if moon or ascendant is this this will be a dominant theme of your life winning the second time losing the first time winning the second time and repeating repeating this theme they always lose the first time win the second time then lose the first time win the second time you see reinventing oneself they are wealthy they are nurturing people it's a devgana burdened by duty oh god rama was burdened by duty you name it he had only duty 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 and duty in life duty towards his mother duty towards his aunts duty towards everything he did in his life was about duty that's why he's called maryada purushottam meaning the one who is the essence of duty what is it duty and responsibility right okay duty the burden of duty they carry on their shoulders needs target to succeed rama needed that as well and ravana became that target to succeed lots of curiosity loves home religious nurturing righteous justice love of children mental creativity and intelligence idealistic rama was very idealistic the picture of idealistic nature and they came from a race called the surya vanshi meaning ragu vanshi which is the descendants from the sun that's why rama in vishnu avatara in the nakshatras is portrayed as the sun krishna as the moon rama krishna sun and the moon okay so idealistic ambitious they are social birds they have a business mind coming to the modern 2023 profit oriented they can be argumentative and materialistic i know i have a sibling like this they bring to life life lesson is to bring to life the dry mind by moistness of one's own emotion 
Norton. Characterize this life lesson and link it to Lord Rama, you have to really go deep into Vishnu Sahasrama. So I won't go into that here. Let's put in the Rahu guy, the unconventional guy. What does he come and do in a Devgana? As a general rule, remember, whenever Rahu enters a Devgana, any Devgana, any one of the 27, it loses the color and it becomes slightly more visible. Think of Rahu as the black dot. Okay, A black dot on a white piece of paper is Rahu entering a Devgana. So it has a capacity to be slightly more self-aware than Rahu placed in the other nakshatras, Manushya and Rakshasa Ganas. As opposed to, let's say Manushya Gana, if you place a black dot on a dark brown paper, it is less visible. Rakshasa Gana, if you place a black dot on a black piece of paper, it is invisible. This is why Rakshasa Ganas are incapable of a lot of self-reflection. That's why they don't ascend to wisdom. This is what is meant by Devas. Okay, Devas, we all are a picture of all Devas and all Rakshasas, all Manushyas. The soul is one and the same. It assumes a picture of identity, goes from body to body, through lifetimes to lifetimes, trying to learn the lesson of what happens if I do this, cause and effect, karma. Getting back to this, I am diverging a lot today. So, when we stick Rahu into this, it loses a little color because it's a Devgana. So they might be having battles of wanting to achieve material success because Rahu is a Bhogakaraka, he wants material success. They might be business minded, Rahu does very well in business because it requires shrewd and cunning thinking. Rahu is shrewd, cunning and manipulative. Part of us, all of us, myself included. So that's what it becomes here. So it's the energy of what you want to bring. Now Punarvasu travels in the first three padas through Gemini and the final one to Cancer. So this way it plays out is the Rahu is in the Punarvasu. On the other side, Ketu is sitting in Uttarashada and Purvashada. So now we are transiting basically from the dispositors of Saturn to Jupiter. So it becomes very interesting and very different because Saturn is tendency to shrink everything. It's a malefic. Jupiter is a natural benefic. It tends to expand everything. So you're talking necessarily of two opposing forces. One wants to contract, one wants to expand. Jupiter wants to expand, Saturn wants to contract. So this is a transitioning point from Capricorn to Sagittarius on the Ketu side. On the Rahu side, we will see in the Padas. Let's get to it. So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, What is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon formed by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically, if you take two Ellipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah, So these two intersection points are called the North Node and the South Node. They are virtual nodes, although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. Right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I am using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite. 
be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay? So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing. Since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits. Or think any of the signs literally, whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way, it is not a planet, it's a virtual node, but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things, not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab on to everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp on to everything thinking, oh I want this or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situation, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Mokshakaraka. Now this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Sobala. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay. The North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this. Okay, back to this. So Rahu, on the downside, becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, 
addiction, vagueness, illusion and delusion. This is the downside. Now how this plays out and why we will have to see individually in the charts. We shall see that. Okay, Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis, okay? There you are. So you see it as an axis, okay? 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses. It can play out in 1, 7, 2, 8, 3, 9, 4, 10, etc, etc. We will see that later. But this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life, in your different houses, are you looking for these two aspects? And they are always opposite to each other, as you can see. Okay, to stand opposite to each other. So if it plays out in second house, it detaches itself from the eighth house. If Rahu is in second house, it, Ketu will be in the eighth house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here. Second house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition. And what's the story on this? Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay? The solar or the dispositor means since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own. Remember it's a virtual node. It is not a planet. They both do not have any planetary characteristic individually so they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the attributes of mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever rahu is sitting in got it Nakshatras. Since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own, individually they take on the shade of personality. Nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality. It's coloring of a personality. It's seeing the world through different colored glasses. That they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities. So Rahu and Ketu do two things at the same time. At the solar level, it goes with the dispositor, that is all of the planets, physical planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Sun, Moon, so on. So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu sits in Cancer, it will you have to look for where Moon is sitting, which house, and what it is doing there, and even the Moon Nakshatra. 
if it is sitting in leo rahu in leo that means it you have to look for where sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house so it will bring those attributes that's the way you have to analyze this okay let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating rahu and ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self development to understand where they are coming from if you're not interested in changing yourself this entire channel is useless for you but if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life where do i need to go what are my talents and you question these kinds of things excuse the noise somebody is drilling about so then you need to understand these aspects now that's the typical chart indian chart and house numbers are depicted as 1 2 3 4 up till 12 dharma artha kama moksha is there and i have stuck rahu ketu as possible axis on the 1 7 that is aries and libra that is the top and the bottom so either it can go to house number 1 or 7 rahu ketu can be reversed it's okay it doesn't matter or in 4 and 10 Now, one, four, seven, and ten in Vedic astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life throughout life. So these become crucial. Why the one, seven axis affects if Rahu and Ketu fall on there has a direct effect on your self and other concept. One and seven is self and other. How you re- relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others. including the spouse because seventh house is the house of the spouse but also others so how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others so it defines who you are in a very broad sense one seven axis of rahu ketu the full ten on the other hand fourth house being the house of the mother tenth being father fourth being home tenth being career you see this has a you know all kinds of implications which define who you are the 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career right you dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world heart is your home your home center where you feel comfortable home is where the heart is that kind of a thing so heart and home is affected by this rahu ketu axis again rahu and ketu might be reversed rahu might be in the fourth ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa same way with 1 and 7 but these are the vital relating aspects of rahu and ketu now what about the rest of the houses now rest of the houses are called trikona or kona in sanskrit right these are the things that come and go in your life they let be second house third house fifth house sixth eighth ninth 11th and 12th these are the things that come and go in our life through life through your entire life these are things that are added into subtracted from us but this is not us 147 and 10 is us everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes all other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life that's all it is they are less significant in terms of rahu and ketu when compared to 1 7 4 and 10 axis of rahu and ketu please remember this when you evaluating you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one 
So there we have it. We start from the fourth pada of Punarvasu, which is in Cancer. So the opposite side automatically will be Capricorn, which is in Uttarashada. Now I'm going to point something here. Look at this axis. Now we are in Cancer and Capricorn axis still. The last parts of it. Okay. This particular axis, which I'm pointing to here, is what is shown here which is about Capricorn to Capricorn and Cancer to Cancer from Natal to Navamsha. So this becomes a very interesting Cancer to Capricorn. These people, if Rahu is placed here, they are highly Cancer in nature. So dispositive moon, you got to see, it is very strongly playing out in their life, wherever moon is sitting and whichever nakshatra moon is sitting in. Rahu wants to imitate that. Okay. And on the other side, Ketu, is in Capricorn. Now Ketu doesn't do very well in Capricorn. It has a sense of Dharma but not much because Saturn wants to ground things. Saturn wants to have materialistic approach going towards the material plane. Jupiter is the one who wants to give wisdom. So Rahu might do very well with Jupiter but not so much with Capricorn because it's a detachment from work. Detached form of working Maybe Rama was born in this axis, not Rahu Ketu, I'm talking about Jupiter or Saturn. Because it's all about duty, duty, and it's in the Arthapada. And it goes towards the Moksha Pada where cancer becomes cancer. So the the tussle in this Rahu Ketu axis is in Navamsha and in the chart, you got to see where the moon shifts and where the Saturn shifts. Where the Saturn shifts, that will be a point of detachment. Where the moon sits, that will be a point of attachment. Okay, let's see the the third pada. Now we come to the second pada of Punarvasu. Now watch hap what happens here. In the fourth pada, we went from Cancer, Cancer, Vargotama of Cancer, and going to Capricorn, Capricorn. In the third pada, it becomes Vargotama of Gemini and Vargotama of Sagittarius. Look at the transition. We are still in the Cancer-Capricorn axis. But now we have just moved into Gemini to Sagittarius in the Vargotama. Imagine what this shift, just this shift does. You are moving from Moon as a dispositor to Mercury in both the Natal and Namamsha. And Jupiter in Natal and Namamsha on the other side, Ketu. When Ketu sits in any of the Jupiter as dispositors, meaning Pisces or Sagittarius, what it does, it brings wisdom from the past lives. What you have gained as wisdom from the past life, that's what this Ketu wants to bring towards this Rahu and use it as an intellectual form, as knowledge that is in usable form. Any intellectual knowledge is knowledge which can be used in our daily life, knowledge of material world, knowledge of science, biology, physics. So that's what it, this particular axis does. And so Mercury becomes exalted here. Mercury you got to watch, especially if it's in Gemini or even in Virgo, because that's also ruled by Mercury, right? And on the other side, the wisdom needs to come from either Sagittarius or Pisces, but in this case it's Sagittarius. So you got to see if Jupiter is placed in Pisces as well, that's also an exalted sign. And that's the challenge of this Punarvasu to bring. Rahu wants to go here and bring in the tools necessary to overcome the challenges. Remember the Punarvasu theme, it's winning the second time 
failing the first time, trying again and winning the second time. <clears throat> and this Uttarashada being a Manushagana, it will get capable, will bring the knowledge of earthly plane. What you need to do on this earth, not get carried away by all philosophical wisdom. Philosophical wisdom is good, it's in its place. But when you want to come to earth plane and play in this ground, you need the earthly rules. That's what needs to come to the Gemini. That's the life lesson here. Okay. Now let's go transition towards Sagittarius. Now we move away from Capricorn Cancer to Sagittarius and Gemini. We are still in Punarvasu. That's what makes Punarvasu very interesting. So like I said, now we have changed from Cancer Capricorn axis in the Zodiac to Gemini Sagittarius axis. It's just on the borderline. We have just entered Sagittarius on Ketu side and we have just entered Rahu on the Gemini side. As you can see over here, this axis we are talking about. That's Capricorn over there. This is Sagittarius over here. This is Cancer and this is Gemini. So that's what happens here. And now here we are talking about the Moksha Artha axis of Rahu Ketu. The Ketu is in Moksha, which does well. And it goes into Scorpio, which is a little tight. But Ketu does very well in Scorpio because it wants to dig deep and find out the emotional meaning. And remember the themes of Purvashada. It wants to go out there and conquer. These people have the ability to conquer. Victorious. They want to achieve victory at all costs. Purvashada can do it. There is a little bit of Ketu detachment going from uh, Jupiter to Mars as a dispositor from Natal to Navamsha. But when you come to Rahu, it does very well because it's in Taurus. So Ketu does very well in Scorpio. Rahu does very well in Taurus because Rahu wants to achieve material success. So these people will transition from intellectual and wisdom type energy in the beginning part of their life. Later part of their life, they will go into using that knowledge and wisdom to achieve material success and gain victory. Because Rahu wants victory at all costs. Let's see the last Pada. So within the first Pada or the last Pada for Punarvasu, we are going in the reverse direction, right? We have the Kama and Dharma axis. Rahu, when it sits in Dharma, it becomes very passionate and high drive of desire to achieve. Very ambitious, very passionate. So you need grounding planets. You need a good Saturn to make this work. Because Saturn is the guy which actually wants to work in the physical world. Just having lots of ideas and no grounding to go and do something doesn't help, right? You'll be in the same spot. You might be dreaming of fantastic ideas. What's the use? You're no use to the world. So Sagittarius going to Libra is where Ketu sits in. So you're going essentially from Mercury to Mars as dispositor and you're going essentially from Jupiter to Venus. So Ketu brings in this wisdom because Jupiter and Venus are naturally benefics. It brings in this energy of wisdom, of art, of creativity, everything to this person and how to use that to accomplish goals and success in life. Purva Ashada wants to achieve success. It is driven towards success. And now it's in Sagittarius. So it wants to go towards bringing in the higher ideologies of life. <clears throat> and Rahu on the other side wants to bring this as an initiator because it goes from Mercury to Aries. Aries is an initiator energy. They want to start stuff, not necessarily finish or complete stuff. So Rahu here becomes a driver. 
these people can become good coaches because Punagrasa is also wise. It can become good coaches, good business coaches. Rahu does well there because Rahu wants fame. One aspect of Rahu is wanting fame and recognition and how to get it. It will use all its energy to accomplish fame and success in life. Okay. Now, next we shall be talking about Ardra Nakshatra. And going from Purva Ashada to Mula, this is again very interesting. So, take care. Be safe.